Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those big old tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Sama Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters are remarkably good at finding themselves in, like, did Ari do the right thing by dumping Mac? Or should Mac tell Ari about the pregnancy now that he's dumped her? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Now, before I get started and into this, just want to let you know that this is a no-spoiler podcast. I don't look ahead at what's coming up on the show. I don't watch the little 30-second what's on tomorrow on home and away. I don't even read the episode descriptions. It really adds so much value. I suggest you do the same. Do it with all your TV shows. Honestly, works wonders on your enjoyment. Really so good. Okay, so I get now why Mac did not want to break up with Ari, let alone have him break up with her, because she is up the duff. And of course she is. Like, just of course she is. <laughs> Let's make this breakup even worse for her. And, like, I just think, while the timing is terrible, I do think Ari did the right thing in breaking up with her because he's not in love with her. He's in love with somebody else. Maybe he was in love with her all along. We don't really know. And it's just wrong to be in a relationship when you're in love with somebody else. It's just... I don't know, doesn't really work. Like, what he had with Mac was good. And look, they sorted out loads of people's problems. They were very close, but it was a bit surface level. And it was a bit cheesy, some very cringy flirting going on. And it was just a bit top level. Whereas what he seems to have had with Mia is, has a strong foundation. There's history. They had real love. It wasn't that one of them broke up. It was a prison sentence that ended their relationship. So it's just Mia coming into the bay through a total spanner and almost her arrival was the kind of kiss of death for Ari and and, and Mac. But it is funny how, because Ari keeps getting asked that question, are you sure he did the right thing? He's getting that all week. So, but yeah, no, I, I do think he did. And what I don't like what he did is like, he was kind of cheating on Mac last week. And now Innie swans in as soon as they're broken up, basically on the same day. But trying to get her on dates and then get Mia into bed. Like, he really didn't wait for Mac's side of the bed to go cold before he started. And I just think that isn't that respectful. And then Mac kind of half finds out via Mia. That's not great, but as if he'll be called up on it. Because they certainly have bigger fish to fry with Mac's pregnancy. So... It's just such a hard predicament for Mac to be in because she knows that he doesn't want to be with her because he's just dumped her. But she knows that he's a good guy and she knows that if she tells him, he might feel trapped. She also knows that if any of the paratas find out, they might pressure her into keeping it. But she's she'll always be sidelined because her and Ari aren't together. And now Mia's in the picture. For the long run or not, we don't really know at this point, given the whole kidnapping situation, but we'll get on to that in a minute. But does Mac really want to do this all on her own? It's a very difficult thing being a single mother and she's already getting pressure from Dean to tell Harry. So she tells Harry and then he wants her to keep it or not keep it. There's just a lot of oars going in. 
too many chefs in the kitchen maybe so yeah it's, it'll be interesting to see what she should do because it does spark that age-old debate of like her body her choice but should she let the father know and while it's totally up to mac about keeping the baby i think she kind of swanned into the bay in her porsche you know on daddy's money very angry whereas her character is totally like evolved and changed i feel like she's stronger now than when she arrived into the bay she's not as superficial or anything like that so i think she could handle being a single mother but whether or not she wants to do that while she's heartbroken and it just adds this really awkward dimension with ari and mia and whatever happens with them but it is a tiny bit of a repeat of the Robbo Tory Jasmine triangle when Tory rather unethically implanted her and Robbo's embryo in her fertility quest for grace. Meanwhile, Robbo had said he didn't want her to use it, even though legally she could. And then he started this romance with Jasmine. So then there's this odd dynamic of pregnant woman and a couple. So I'd be a bit, I don't know if I really want to see that dynamic play out again. So yeah, I don't know which way Mac will go. She's kind of flip-flopping. Her indecisiveness is actually so remarkable. Like it's the flipping and the flapping and the constant ostriching is actually, it's quite something. And I know people like say here being like, ah, oh, no worry, there's no rush. Time is ticking. Uh, you, she kind of does need to make a decision soon. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. But I do think in this case, Ari deserves to know and he should know. So I hope she leans that way. But it just creates, it's such an awkward one. Oh, I just don't know. I cannot wait for that conversation between the two of them. I just think it's going to be absolutely terrible. But it's quite funny how both Ari and Mac are making these massive, big moral decisions without each other now. And they're totally segregated from each other. Like Ari's made the decision to break up and was it the right thing? And now he's talking Mia into bed despite her best efforts to kind of fob him off, making her all these promises. Meanwhile, the children are being kidnapped. And then Mac is facing a decision of, well, do I want the baby or not? And do I want to tell Ari or not? So it's um, it's going to be an awkward couple of weeks. Oh, yes. now the kids and when I say kids I mean Chloe Ryder Bella and Nick oh, I just love the night out scenes and I was so disappointed a night out in Yabber Creek didn't happen and a surprise kidnapping took place very annoyed but I love how at the beginning of it Chloe and Ryder decide to fake being friends how Bridgerton like was like yes let's just pretend we're getting on and it was just pretend to be nice pretend so we both benefit from it and hello Bridgerton plotline I wonder if they mimicked that as a kind of a nod I don't know if anyone else picked up on it but I certainly did but anyway I just can't believe Paul is back again like it really just felt like with Heath Braxton coming back into town was that all for nothing it's just why are you back again and it's obviously to drive a massive wedge between Mia and Ari just when things were getting good so I suppose maybe for that function but if if I was Heath or any one of the Riverboys I'd be bloody annoyed anyway hopefully 
after a night in the container, Ryder and Chloe will stop their bickering. Like, it's just too much. It's just, I'm, when Bella and Nick were screaming at them, I was like, thank God somebody is telling them what's up. And of course, Ryder knew like a magic trick to get out of it. Ryder just seems like so the type of person who would be into magic. Like if Phil Dunphy from Modern Family or Michael Scott from The Office, like that is who Ryder is going to grow up to be, just those weird magic fans. So I'm surprised he didn't say it was like on TikTok or something. But him and Chloe did seem to get over their bits with the whole... He really looked after Chloe. So hopefully there's just some kind of surrender. White flag has gone up between the two of them because that's just too annoying and too intense. Yeah, so hopefully this bond continues. Fingers crossed. But anyway, the Prada brothers get a call and find out about that there needs to be some kind of exchange and they shoot off to the container site. But back in the bay... Ziggy was getting all pally-wally with Mia. Ziggy being her usual, like, Labrador self, being like, don't worry, it's just a hangover. <laughs> and then Mia kind of telling her what had happened in the diner. Why well, don't understand this. Is that not a betrayal on on, on Mackenzie? Like, I know they're wa- the Parada wags got to stick together, but I just think if I was Mac, I would be pretty annoyed that my best friend was getting pally with, with Mia. I don't know. Don't like that at all, Ziggy. Don't, no, 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 not not my vibe. But yeah, the Parada boys are not in the good books. Mia has now just completely frozen over, upset that she had spent the night with Ari, and then now her worst fears have come true. And like, what terrible timing. And then Tani lying straight to Ziggy's face. What an idiot. Silly, silly man. I'm really happy how much of a cold shoulder Ziggy is giving Tani. That's just perfect. Really good. So then when things kick off at the container, I am obviously get to see some great bit of kickboxing from Tane, a big punch-up. I did really, I don't know about you, but I did really think that they were building up for one of them to die. Because when Nick left, it looked like that was like, okay, that's the last sight you're going to see of some of the paradas. And then when Nick drove back to the site and Paul did the slit the neck, um... A gesture, shall we call it? I really thought that Nick was driving up to one of them being dead. It just, oh God, it was such a such a relief. Oh, just, yeah, I just really thought that that was, they really tricked me with that one. I fell down that rabbit hole, I must say. But yeah, so the, I think the hero of the day was, dare I say, Ryder. He got everyone out of their handcuffs. He clocked Paul over the head with a bar, got him unconscious. And he called the police, as he usually does. His quintessential rider move, calling the police. So who, who'd have thunk <laughs> that rider would really shine that day? But yeah, I think the Prada brothers, well, they have survived physically. I don't know. They've got, they've got Ziggy and Mia and Chloe to answer to. So I don't know how they're going to, the bridges seem to have kind of really been burnt with Mia. Maybe not so much Ziggy, but yeah. It's a doozy. Uh, now, for <laughs> just a quick one on the Morgans. So, Lee and Justin have found the house. Tori goes and, of course, has loads of doubts. She's just being protective, I suppose, and overloads Justin with doubts. And Justin listens. Bad move, Justin. 
letting Tori derail you like she did. It just shows the funny, I really did like that story, that little instant, because it just shows the strength in both the couples, like the Christians able to be like to Tori. You can't do that. They're their own couple. And then Leah's getting mad on her end. And everybody keeps talking about this bromance between the two lads. But it's actually this conjoined twin thing that is the real intense relationship. It is Tori and Justin as like Siamese twins. That is more of the focus how like involved they are in each other's lives. Like the bromance, you rarely see the two lads hang out on their own. It's always sometimes just handing over beer and they're like, oh my God, you're my best friend. Whereas this, the dynamic with Tori and Justin is very intense. And maybe they're amping it up now because... Justin and Leo be moving out for this house thing. So yeah, I don't know. It would be does that mean we're getting like a new set? A new home for them to live in? Like that's very exciting. I wonder where they're gonna live. Like I wonder where the house is, is it nearby? Yeah, very interesting. And I also just literally lolled out loud at Justin twice this week, another MVP. When he did the Beyonce fiance single ladies hand dance and he was like, Oh, I can't relax, it's the Morgan curse. Look, at least you know yourself well enough. So Amber and Dean had a bit of a big week. I really, really, really thought that Amber had changed. I just thought, you know, sometimes when characters leave for a while and then they come back and they're just like a different person. And you're like, whoa, did they change the actor? That's what I thought was happening with Amber. And then she's back to her old tricks. And I just don't understand, like, this whole thing of, like, we don't want to feel like a complication, me and Jai, meh, meh, meh. But, like, she's clearly just jealous of Dean and moving in. They keep talking about it, like, adding in another like a saucy layer to the relationship. So it's quite clear she fancies him. She always has fancied him. But she's just using Jai as a pawn again. It's so bloody obvious. And she's so not clear about what she wants. Like Dean has to get used to being a dad. And you also need to tell him. Yes, he wants to be a dad. But he just doesn't can't just flip on the switch and know exactly what you mean all the time. Just back at her old tricks. It's very annoying. But it seems like this one. I'm so happy Willow's here so so happy and it seems like Amber is really maybe that was kind of the ruffling of the feathers and everything will settle down now and hopefully we can just move on look it's a weird thing to be moving your baby mama and your son in and you're not together and there's Bella as well it's all very odd dynamic like to Bella and Amber really know each other it's so weird Anyway, the person who took the most umbrage with all of this was Ziggy this week and Pot Kettle, my dear, Pot Kettle. When Mac tells Ziggy about Amber and Joy moving in, Ziggy goes, well, that was fast. I was bound to happen eventually. Who are you to talk? You had that thing going with Tane right when you and Dean were together and right after you'd broken up. So that's a bit rich coming from you, Ziggy. And she's giving him all these passive aggressive comments like, oh, you should focus on your flatmates instead. Don't focus on Mac and her pregnancy. Excuse me. Like, why are you? I get that you're allowed to have a reaction, but I also don't think you can be like hurt by it because you've hurt him so much. He's still in love with you and you've got already gotten with somebody else. So how is that worse than him trying to move on after you've done so? I just think she has no say in that. Oh, it annoyed me no end. So things kind of reached, I don't know if it's a tipping point, but yeah, a bad point with Martha. And it's kind of funny how she thought, I, my brain would never have gone there thinking that it could have been Kieran who was involved in the kidnapping. 
But when Irene catches Martha talking slash hallucinating with Kieran on the pier, that's when it just got a bit serious. And I think it's great that Martha has all this trust in Irene, but like Irene has to communicate that all back to Runoff. But Runoff are having really big confrontational reactions to this and they're getting quite, they're scared, but it's coming across as frustrated. And I do feel sorry for Martha in that because obviously Ru and Alf want nothing but the best for Martha and they want her to be okay. But they also, like maybe they're a bit scared and they're, they're kind of forcing her to get professional help. And in a way, I can kind of understand why Martha's pushing away Alf because she probably just feels like she's being corralled and not being understood. From her point of view, maybe. But poor Alf. I just don't, I'm not used to seeing him so down in the dumps and a bit tender and weak or something, thinking that nobody needs him and feeling a bit useless. And the whole Susie thing really isn't helping anything. God, she's good at stirring the pot. I just love it. But I also, like, hate her. I love to hate her. With this whole putting pressure on Alf to transfer the papers and interrogating him at the diner and calling him out for, like, sabotaging the surf club, which is so not the case. And I just think she's such an amazing puppeteer of John. Like, any time, like, she's able to guide him into her way of thinking just that Alf is just a sore loser and can't deal with the new power dynamic and all that stuff. And she seems to be around all the time, anytime anyone confronts him. But I just don't understand how John hasn't gone, okay, everyone's giving out to me on a constant basis here. Like, Marilyn's doing a lot. But... Susie is able to rechannel that and Marilyn pays the price for standing up for Alf because she becomes in Susie's firing line being called crazy and like you need to figure out your marriage and telling John that he needs to cut the cord. So I, what's going on with this papers? Why did Susie do that? Did she have to do that? Did she just do it to rub salt in the wound, giving Marilyn them in that way? Oh, how ruthless. And she's busy snooping in on the surf club accounts so she's up to something but like did she do that without John's permission is that the legal way of doing things I don't know but it's so terribly perfect oh can't wait for next week Alrighty, well that about wraps it up for me this week. If you want to get in touch, Summer Bays is on Instagram at Summer Bays Podcast. You can slide into my DMs. We can have some fan chats there. G'day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.